And welcome back to the Water Boys podcast. I'm here with my co-host Josh. Every time we do this through Skype, Josh, I don't know when it starts. Like a five-second buffer, I can never tell. How are you today? Should, should we find a different uh, platform to record on then? <laughs> I think Skype is okay for now. We probably could do it through the Anchor app itself if you wanted to. Yeah, we might have to look into that then. We, we got to set up a couple of accounts for that then to happen. Uh, but How are yeah, you today? Um, yeah, I'm good. You, buddy? I'm good. MBA's weird. The sports oh, world is weird. Yeah, super weird. Uh, all the COVID cases. Yeah. I mean, and did you hear it. about the new strain in the uh, UK? So their league might be stopped for a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I remember a couple weeks back, uh, who was it? I think it was City. And some city was, Manchester City wasn't able to play their game because a bunch of people on their squad had COVID. We've seen it in pretty much every single sport. I mean, baseball, who was it? I think it was the Cardinals who had it. And now we had the the example with the Sixers. Sixers was on, six, six men. <laughs> the six men Sixers. And uh, Curry on the bench. So, yeah, man, it was it's it's hitting everyone. And, I mean, it's not like it wasn't expected. No, for sure. I mean, when you do these type of leagues, right, and traveling's involved, bound to be some type of risk same with our personal lives when you have a pandemic and you have to travel whether it be for medical purposes or work purposes it's always going to be some element of risk that's right question though i was just thinking about this if if you were a league and you were to see how players are going down with covid I mean, and this is just during the regular season. I mean, how many games are we in? Are we even 10 games in? I mean, barely. Barely uh, 10 games in. Barely 10 games in. So we're, we're not even that deep into the season. Would this cause you to to overthink about what to do for the playoffs if you want to maintain the travel or if you actually want to go back to another bubble? I know the players would hate it, but... Wouldn't you hate it more if your most important players were out at the most critical time in the season? I think with the NBA, it is a player's league. So I think they would hate for another bubble. But seeing the trend with the COVID cases, it might be a possibility. But at this point, I think more of the onus is on the players themselves to keep themselves accountable accountable during this time and safe and exercise caution when they're making their choices with regards to doing whatever outside of the NBA games and practices. But I mean, especially down in the States where the cases are just super insane, you also got to think, I mean, these guys might have to go buy like groceries. I don't know, go pick up. Probably they're probably not going to go pick up their kids outside, but I mean, there's always errands to do and things like that. There's always that risk that you might get COVID. So sometimes it might not even be your fault if you really think about it. Yeah. So to piggy piggyback on your point, you know how in our province, BC, British Columbia, right? So we had the six inner six people that we were supposed to that we see 
that we do stuff with, and that's our circle considered what to be safe during this pandemic. And you, but you think about it for the NBA, they have how many players are on one team? Fifteen, right? Not including the Correct. staff, not including exactly. the coaching staff. Exactly. So when you have a team like that, fifteen, and then let's say they have their six. So each player has their own six people, right? So they come in. That's at least over a hundred exposures to who knows what. Might not yep. be their fault. Might they might be responsible, right? They might go to a grocery yep. store. They might get it there. Might or you be... might go to a strip club. <laughs> in Atlanta, before preseason, <laughs> gain twenty pounds, still come back and average forty points. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, man, it's it's something I would think the league would want to think of because, I mean, you would hate it. I mean, imagine Dallas makes the playoffs and they go to a game seven in the first round. Next thing you know, Doncic gets gets COVID. He tests positive. How like that would be a really crappy way of ending your season without your best player. So I, I don't know. I would I would think that they would want to think about that. Because, I mean, at, th- at that point, you're basically taking out all the risk, right? Because you're, you're in the bubble. Really, it comes back to personal accountability, right? Is this being diligent with your decisions. I know it's a strange time, but we can control what we can control, right? So for the players, I hope their families or whoever they hang out with are diligent when they go out and they all meet up. I don't know how many of them meet up at once but they just got to be wary of the consequences if they go around and not be diligent with mask or not be diligent with safety because right now we don't know who has what right i mean this is invisible correct correct you you are right but anyways i mean we should we should start talking ball and less depressing things uh less less depressing to talk about sorry less less depressing No, sorry. No, no, sorry. We'll go from less depressing to a little bit more depressing. Then we'll go to optimistic. So, <laughs> so we're going three Jesus, teams. Nick. Three teams that I wanted to talk about. I think we wanted to talk about the Raptors, the Suns, and we also wanted to talk about the six-man Sixers. Six-man so, Sixers. Two of them are optimistic, and one of them is pessimistic. You can take a guess at which ones are optimistic. If you said the Raptors, I hope you get out of your hole that you're living in. Yeah, Nick. Uh, so I guess we're starting off with the Raptors then? Raptors, I mean, what can I say? They have not had a hot start to the season at all. Two and six, struggling to win games, and struggling to even compete in games. I mean, sure, they beat the Kings last game, but the Kings are the Kings. Right. Uh, one of the worst defenses in the league. So I know they ended up scoring what 144 points. But how much can yeah. yeah? How how like how much can you really put into that? I watched the game a little bit yesterday, and it, I mean I watched watched both the last two games from the Raptors. What I have been noticing a little bit more is that Siakam's being a little bit more aggressive. Like he's driving to the hoop really really hard. Uh, he's had. Two decent, two really, I mean, not amazing games, but they've been really, they've been good games compared to what he started out with. 
especially the game against the Kings, uh, he seems to be able to make plays, especially for Boucher in the key. Like, he was able to find him quite a bit. Um, wh- what have you been noticing about the Raptors lately? I would say two things. Uh, actually, three things. Their big men are a downgrade by far. Alex Lynn and Aaron Baines, correct? They're just not starting caliber centers for the Raptors. Second Man, thing, Baines didn't even start yesterday. He didn't even start. I don't know if you saw that. No, he didn't no. even play yesterday. So that's how that's how bad of a season the poor guys had. But anyways, continue. Jesus. Second thing, the three-point shooting is horrendous. I mean, they chuck up a lot of threes and they don't make a lot of threes. From the games I've watched, their three-point shooting isn't up to snuff. And the third thing is they don't have that one guy who can go into the defense. Recently, Siakam has been doing it, but they don't have that one guy who slices and dices the defense to open it up. It should be him, really, man. If you think about it, for what he's getting paid and for what we've become expecting out of, out of him, right? He's, he's he should be the guy that be I mean he's been doing it for now the last two games and it's he's got to keep it going he's got to be a little bit more consistent with that and I agree with you on the three point uh the three point take they are top or the team that takes the most three pointers in the whole league but they're only making 36.29% of it good for 16s in the league uh they 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 should be shooting better I mean they they've got the players they got what Van Vliet um, even Lowry can start knocking them down. So they, they have capable players of hitting these shots. But uh, and on top of that, man, they, they're, it just seems like they don't really have that playmaking either. I, I don't know if you agree with me, but I feel like they're still missing a guy who can create the plays. I know yesterday uh, Spicy P ended up with 10 assists, but then again, like I said, it's the Sacramento Kings. And then on also, I think they shot 50% from three last night against the Kings. But um, like, like I said, you can't really put too much into that until they start facing tougher teams. Uh, you got the game against the Suns. The Suns were one of the top three defenses in the league. And I mean, the Suns were shooting what? I think they were shooting like 30% for in the first half. And they were still within striking distance of the, of the Raptors. So you can see that uh, especially if a team's shooting that that badly and isn't even going to the line in the game and they're still able to keep in this they're still able to be in the game there's something going on going on there they should have been up by way more they should have been up by way more they shot a good field goal percentage that game but their three-point percentage was okay 14 of 35 compared to 52 percent from the suns and they're missing a bunch of their free throws and at that point, even if you had Siakam and everyone clicking, you're still losing by eight. There's something wrong. I mean, on Sun's side, they had Aiton, Booker, and Paul. They didn't play that well. Or sorry, they didn't score that much, and they played okay. And it's still, they pulled out the win. I mean, that's the mark of a good team. Right, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, Booker was Booker was a little wasn't that great in the first half second half he came alive uh you know they i mean yeah even even uh was it crowder he shot six from nine from the three point that he was on fire that day so you know three pointers is how 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 phoenix got back into that game 
Um, and they were still able to, uh, what do you call it, pull it out, right? Um, but uh, I, I noticed an interesting thing from, uh, from the Sacramento game. I don't, I don't know if, they've, if they're going to keep on doing this, but uh, you just, I don't know if you saw it, but Siakam was playing at the five at one point. And that actually got that team going. When when they had Siakam at the five, they ended up going on a sixteen to three run with that lineup at that point. And they ended up and they were able to take the lead. Uh, before that, though, actually, if you were to include the the everything from the second and the third quarter, I think they went on something of a like twenty six to six run, which was really interesting. But uh, yeah, that five man lineup with uh, Siakam at the five was was pretty interesting to see. Uh, he was able to to defend whatever the the Kings uh, did uh, when they were trying to go to the hoop and stuff, and they were still, you know, defending pretty well. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they were able to do that with other teams. So the funny thing is, if you show your hand that early in the season, right, teams are going to game plan for you if you do make the playoffs. I think the Raptors are stuck in that pigeonhole. You do sh- show Siakam at the five, which is great. But if you give any of those teams in the East, let's say, if you tried that against the Sixers, who are looking really well, and we'll talk about them in a minute, or you try that against the Sixers or the Celtics or the Pacers or the Bucks, I think you're going to be in a world of trouble in the playoffs since you have to show that hand so early. Well, that too, and that most of those teams have dominant power centers. forwards or centers, yeah. right? Excluding so, the Celtics, but... They have yeah, excluding the Celtics, but they have people who can guard. Right, right. So what do you call it? I would think they would be on on a little bit of of a more even term against the Celtics, but whereas you you mentioned the other guys, I mean Sixers got Embiid, Bucks got Giannis, so and and even the Pacers, the Pacers have good players out front with Sabonis too, right? So even if you and Turner, correct. And if you were to try that, if you were the Raptors and have uh, Siakam playing at the five, trying to defend those guys, I'm pretty sure there there will come a point where they just, you know, not saying that Siakam is a bad defender, but those are pretty dominant players, and I'm pretty sure at some point the the like everything would come undone. As my friend in basketball always said, it's just physics at that point. When you're coming up against a 265 or 270 center and you're barely 220, you're going to bounce off of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right, I, there's no doubt about that. Anything else you've noticed about this team? I think moving forward, they have good young players for sure. They just need a good front line after this, maybe a center. They need a pick or a draft or get in free agency and they'll be a better team for sure. I think that's the thing they're lacking. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you lose a playmaker. I mean, think about it. You lose a playmaker in Gasol, and you miss one of the top three-point shooters in, in um, sorry, in, in, <laughs> I'm blanking out here. Um, but, but yeah, you end up losing those two guys. You didn't really recover. You bring back Alex Len, and you bring back, and you bring Baines. It's not going to work, man. It, it hasn't worked so far. I think Baines is better off just being a guy coming off the bench. And if anything, I would think you would want to start Boucher. But even then, I'm not sure if they're willing to do that as uh, 
I think they started out with Siakam and Anobi, Lynn Powell and Van Vliet. So they didn't even give Boucher a chance. And Boucher actually had a really good game coming off the bench. And he's actually been one of the guys that's producing the most for them too. Yeah, so their next game is actually against the Warriors tomorrow, I believe. If you play any of those type of lineups against a Draymond Green who's dialed in, I don't think they're going to have a good time. Even if the Warriors are lacking offensively with just a curry if you right yeah right. i i think tomorrow we'll see if they play that lineup i don't think they will i think nick nurse is smart enough to know that draymond green's out there and he'll disrupt any type of offense that he ran with that five-man lineup yeah man it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow against uh, the the warriors moving on to the next team who do you want to pick the six-man Sixers, or are we talking the Phoenix Suns? Let's go Suns next. Suns, most surprising team this season. I picked them, what did I pick them? As a low 6-7 seed, right? Yeah, I, th- I think we both went there. I think that's that's what we were both looking at. But uh, huh. no, they've, they've, they've been solid. Funny enough, they're 7-3 along with the Lakers. What do you think of them so yeah. far? Uh, yeah, you know what I've noticed mostly, most about them, uh, especially, um, when Booker and Chris Paul come off and then they bring, they bring, uh, they end up bringing in Cameron, was it Cameron Cameron Payne and Javon Carter? Yeah. That's actually a pretty good defensive backcourt. I don't know if you've noticed that Javon Carter just loves, just loves going full court on whoever the point guard is on the other team. And I've seen that, and, and I saw that in the last few games. And I, and even yesterday, I think he was able to force uh, the the Pistons point guards into a couple turnovers over there in the first half when when they were actually playing defense. Um, but but yeah, that was one of the was one of the first things that actually caught my attention with that team. But that being said, them being uh, such a great defensive team. Grant and uh, Siakam had their way in, in, in those last two games with them. I'm just wondering if that's going to be sort of like their Achilles heel going forward. Like if you have a, a decently sized guy who knows how to drive to the hoop, are they always going get, to be getting the better out of the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, and I think well, most troubling for me is Aiton, I would say. He's not been looking so hot last few games. And I don't know if he's just struggling to find a fit. I've noticed one play that really epitomized what's the issue with Aiton. He has good hands, but he never anticipates the next play. So on the pick and roll, I, I forgot which game it was. I think it was either... Hold on. Let me double check. I think it was against the Raptors. He picked for Chris Paul... And he was rolling down to the hoop. He got the ball, but his head still focusing. His head was fully focused on the rim. What he should have done was secure the ball and then go up for a layup because he had an advantage. But the problem is he never anticipates the next play going forward. And I feel that's his struggle, anticipation. Well, not only that, I feel like he's really lost sometimes on that pick and roll. Like you would think... With him in, in in CP3, you would think that they would be able to actually work it out. You know, CP3 is known for just giving the guy the ball at the correct spot just for him to make a play, just for him to shoot or whatever. 
But then sometimes it's like he just stands there after the pick instead of rolling. And then all of a sudden you got two guys on CP3 and they stop him from penetrating. And next thing you know, uh, he's not he's not free anymore, right? So I, I feel like if there is an advantage to have out, out of those two, you I would think that they would be able to use that two-man game. But it, it doesn't seem like he's still quite figured it out. Yeah, and I think with him, it's more mental than physical. I mean, he has the gifts physically for sure. But mentally, it's just when you catch that ball as a big man, you either have one to three seconds. You got to survey the floor right away. You got to know what they like to do defensively. Can you kick it out quickly? I mean, he is he still 22, right? Yep. And big men do take a lot longer to mature, for sure. But right now, he's not having a hot season so far, I would say. Correct. Uh, I mean, there's there's still room for improvement, but he hasn't been that terrible. I feel like he's, I mean, for as little as he's like scoring, he's still having, he's still being efficient. If you've seen him in his numbers, they're, they're still he's still efficient out of it, which is... We, which is good. We just need a little bit more out of it, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure he could do way more with CP3 on that pick and roll. Uh, it seems like he's he, he's he loves to take that fade, that fade away shot from, like, three feet, and it, it seems to be automatic a lot of the times. Uh, you know, things like that. Maybe, maybe he can do a little bit more of that, but uh, maybe it's because the ball is usually in CP3 or Devin Booker's hands for most of the time that he's on the floor. So maybe that has a lot to do with it too, but uh, for sure he, he can still do a lot more than what he's uh, giving them right now. For sure. And I think that team is very young. I mean, my favorite player on that team is probably Mikel Bridges. And he is, he is why Kelly Oubre was not needed in Phoenix and traded to Golden State. Yeah, a guy that can give it to you on both ends of the floor, right? And he's he's young, 24. He's reliable. He had a br- breakout game against Indiana for 34 points. I like the future for him. He's a good player. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another thing I've noticed, man, uh, in those last two games, against, especially against Detroit, but they're, they have, they're having a hard time breaking that zone. Uh, both teams brought it out, and they just seem super confused as to what to do at that point. What do you call it? I, Detroit used it a lot more than Toronto did. I don't know if you watched that game, but they used it a lot. And basically, that's when uh, I felt like that's when Detroit ended up making their run. I mean, they they were down by, what, 23 points at at, at a point in the game. And as soon as they started bringing out that zone they were just super confused as to what to do and they were just hucking up shots and not really understanding uh, where their their advantage was. For zone, it's mostly... I'm surprised they're struggling with it because Chris Paul should be an expert at taking part of zone. I mean, with zone, you just got to swing that ball quickly and attack the weak side, right? With zones, all they're doing is just rotating to you. And cutting down lanes, but if you rotate the ball fast, ball moves faster than the person, right? So if you move Correct. that ball quickly, flash in when you can, and just disrupt their rotations, should be easy to break. It should be, man. But if they were having a hard time yesterday, I don't know what was going on with them. It's this young team, right? I mean, it's going to be growing pains. They're in a fine position. Seven and three is really good. 
atop the West along with the Lakers and the Clippers. It's it's going to be a long season for them. It's a weird season for everyone, but they'll be fine. I think it it won't be a concern moving forward. They just have to keep watching film on it. Yeah, that's true. And especially the way they're playing. I mean, they don't even hunt that many three-pointers. I think they're one of the teams that least three-pointers they take in, in, in the whole league. Uh, it, it It's good to see that they were able to muster up different ways to, to play their game, right? I think it's just all on Aiton right now. He just got a. He just has to get more repetitions in, learn to read the plays, and just anticipate when the double is coming. Uh, if he gets it going, then that whole team there's endless possibilities for them. Well, that would be scary. All having all all those guys. You imagine how much they he would be able to free up guys. Just it, like I'm, pre- I've seen what other teams do. They like to. When they see a, a big man that's able to dominate a game, especially right now, I've seen the, that they're getting double teamed a lot. Uh, a good example of that was Embiid. I know we're going to get into the Sixers, but it seems like a lot of teams love doubling that guy, especially if you don't have the players to defend a center, right? They they tend to go out and defend or, or double that guy. And all Embiid usually has to do is find the, the free guy. And when you have guys like... I mean, you got CP3, you got Booker, Crowder. you got Crowder, you know, guys that are known to be able to hit three-point shots or just free shots. Could you imagine how crazy that team would be? Oof, I would be scared facing that team. Uh, it's what reminds me of Phoenix and their potential would be, I would say, last year's Lakers. In the aspect, not completely compared similarly to them, but in the aspect of if you left, remember when you left uh, AD open, he would just murder you with a mid-range or he would spin up in the post and you just couldn't let him have the ball one-on-one. I think if Aiton can read it like that, he'll be, he'll have a similar impact in that way and he'll open up Phoenix's offense very well. Right, yeah, that's right, Uh, but... There's still quite a ways for for him to go to get to that point, but uh, you know, ho- hopefully he does. I would love to see how how like deadly this team with this trio would be. I think it's fu- it's a bright future for sure. I think they'll be fine. They'll be if they keep this current pace. I could see them dropping or not dropping, being a top four to five seed. Right now, the whole season's a little weird. Every team is not playing to their full potential. But it's a very surprising st- um, start for the Phoenix Suns in a good way. I mean, it's also pretty early too, right? We're barely ten games in, so a lot can change. A lot, can a lot, change. a lot can change for sure. But building habits is a constant thing. If you're building habits and you're seven and three, that's a good sign for sure. Yeah, I agree. Want to switch man to to the six man Sixers? The six man Sixers, seven and three. Current situation with Seth Curry getting coronavirus and half the team is quarantined. And they had one rookie, Tyrese Maxey was his name? Or yeah, Maskey? Tyrese Mac- Maxey, yeah. He went yeah. off today. Went off today for 39. Uh, prior to that, I mean, the coronavirus you can't control, right? So that's those are injuries you can't control at all. 
I'm pretty sure today we could write off today's game uh, as the six man Sixers. I'm pretty sure we could write off just because they they didn't even have Ben Simmons and and Embiid. I mean, they were out with injuries, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I thought today, I thought Embiid was in quarantining because he had us. He was right beside Curry. Oh, you could be right. Yeah, I heard I heard something about him having a back injury. I uh, might have to double check that. But I mean, either way, you, your two best players are out. You lost by 12 points to the Nuggets, and I mean, the Nuggets, for as bad as they've been early on, they they still have a pretty decent team. So they put up a fight, man, and that's what they're notorious for not not doing last year. I don't know if you remember, but people would always harp on how they they wouldn't be bringing it every game that they would take games off. But uh, I mean, at least they tried today. Um, I don't know if you watched that game against uh, against the the Nets. I mean, the Nets didn't even have Kyrie and KD, right? And they, they ended came, up, yeah, yeah. It's, they came out super flat in that game. A day after going just nuclear on the Wizards, uh, they they were so hot from three. Seth Curry was just every three he took, he would make. I think they ended up shooting something stupid like 62% from three-point land against the Wizards. Uh, then again, the Wizards are also not not the greatest defensive team either. So uh, I don't know if you heard the quote from uh, that from one of the players that they were saying we can't we can't even guard a, a parked car or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were just going off on their defense. But anyways. As much as they've gone, they've they're they're off to a really good start, Nick. Right, seven and they're three. They're top seven. the East with the Celtics right now. Right. Interest. Interesting enough, they reconfigured the team to fit Joel Embiid's strengths, right? Which is post up. So the games I've noticed, Embiid is doing a lot better job. So they run the right side isolation for him, and every time without fail, there's a double coming, and Embiid reads it well. Are we starting to read it a lot better this year? And yeah, he's he, kicking. He's kicking it out, and everyone's you know, every role player on that team is playing well. They can shoot, make their shots. Tobias Harris is back to his original position, and Ben Simmons is back to being that Swiss Army knife. Can do everything for you, points, rebounds, assists, and it just looks like they're flowing a lot better than last year. For sure. What I've also noticed is. They've also tried that double post. I don't know if you noticed. So Embiid will start on, on like you said, the right side. And then as soon as that happens, they clear it out. Simmons comes on the other side of the post, tries to get in as deep as possible just for Embiid to give him the ball and he can just, you know, an easy layup or whatever. Uh, I've noticed that a few times. It didn't really work against the Nets. Again, I, th- I felt like they were super off. But uh, you got, you know, two very capable defenders in Jared Allen and uh, DeAndre Jordan, right? So it was a little bit tougher against them than it was against the Wizards. But against the Wizards, it seemed to work a lot of the times. And they would also reverse it and make Simmons post first. And then they would let Embiid get in as deep as he could into the key for the easy pass, and then the guy would just dominate, which is an interesting thing to see, uh, especially with how, remember how people were saying, like, these two guys couldn't play together? But uh, they've they've shown, at least in the early parts of the season, that there are things that, that they could do, 
and that they should be able to work together and make this a formidable team. I think what the thing that makes it work is Ben Simmons can pass and Embiid can, well, he has his head up more so he knows where to pass or where to kick out nowadays. And I think their game IQ is what makes them more um, compatible. I think if you just had one guy who was heads down, just drives to the rim, then yeah, I would say trade one of them. But I think Ben Simmons can read the game really well and he's a capable player. Even though he can't shoot, he still contributes very well. Right, right. Uh, I feel like another guy we people don't really talk about, or at least I haven't really heard, is Shake Milton. Shake Milton is, is actually having a really good season, man. Shake Milton, what a name. I love it. He's been know, playing really... Do you know how he got... Sorry. Do you know how he got his name? No, tell me, please. So, apparently... His dad, I, I can't remember what college he played in. So, they, I don't know, back in the day, they were saying that he was super fast when he was playing ball and that they would call him Milk. So, what it, no, they would call him Milk because they said that he was super fast because he drank a lot of milk. And so they, so they would always call him Milk. And then as soon as uh, Shake Milton came in, then he gave his son the nickname Milkshake. So there you go. That's the story. It's not even that great, but I mean, it's interesting to know because some people actually think his name is Shake Milton. Uh, every time I hear that name, all I can think of uh, is um, Khalees' song. <laughs> Milkshake. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Milkshake brings all the points to the yard. Oh, but it brings all the points to the yard. Yeah, because that's, that's what it's looking like, man. He's had he's had really great games as of late, and you know he just seems to be able to keep his dribble alive. And when he's able to get his dribble alive, he's able to get to like whatever spot he needs to get, and that he knows he's going to be able to make. Like I noticed, he likes to take that mid range shot a lot, and he and usually around the key at the top of the key, he likes getting to those spots. And when he try and when he, when he gets to that spot, it it's it's not automatic, man. But it's a pretty good chance it's gonna go in. For sure. I mean, the mid range is not a dead art. Is thus underutilized in today's game. For sure. For sure. It, yeah, he's he's been super impressive. I I've like what he what I've seen from the guy. Um, and and also uh, Maxi Maxi's done a, a really good job. He's had a f- couple strong games. Even today, he would he end up with 30, 31 points. Yep, thirty one. Thirty or no, sorry, thirty nine points on oh, eighteen sorry. of yeah. thirty three shooting. So yeah, he's shown he's shown little glimpses of it. Right, uh, they they have a nice they have a nice team at least so far. My only thing, Nick, is that I'm looking at, if you look at their schedule, they haven't really had the greatest quality of teams that they've played with. So my question to you is, is this 7-3 and for real? Or are we just seeing the results of having a more easier schedule? You could think of it that way in a pessimistic way, but if you think about it this way, those are easier schedules to build good habits. So when you do face the good teams and you do have those lulls where you struggle, 
you would still have those habits to fall back on and ensure that the games are close. But for sure, it is it is an easier schedule, but let's see how they do in the next coming weeks. Right. Uh, I mean, they're going to have the Hawks next. I mean, Hawks, you know what to expect out of them, right? All uh, offense, no but, defense. Exactly. So, I mean, the all offense, no defense teams, the Wizards and the Hawks, I mean... You know what you're getting out of them. But then you have an interesting back-to-back uh, game or, or series against Miami, which I'm super interested to see on how that's going to work out for them. Uh, even though Miami hasn't is off to, like, a, what, a 500 start, I feel like they should be able to give them uh, more of a more competition than those other teams, especially when you have Bam Adebayo, someone that can guard and bead. And then on top of that, you got several guys that could get on uh, Simmons. So it, I, I'm really interested to see how they're going to come out in that Miami series. For sure. That's going to be a good test. I think Atlanta will be a good test as well, even though they're not the greatest defensive team. Do you, do you go, but like, honestly, do you think that this is going to, this is going to be the Sixers team we see? especially down down the road, uh, the 7-3 and three team? Really depends on Embiid. Everything goes through him, right? That offense runs through him. Looks open up through him. I think if he keeps up this play, he's averaging, what, 24-11 and 11 this year. I think he, if he keeps it up, they have a good shot of being a top seed, top four seed in the East. But... Issue is always his conditioning, right? And his injuries. So let's see how the 76ers adapt as well. Yeah, for sure. He, it's always injuries with him. And I mean, yeah, it, it all goes through him in the end. But uh, what do you call it? Yeah, before I, I start saying that they're definitely going to be champions or, or at least favorites to come out of the East, I'm going to have to see a little bit more against stiffer competition. For sure. I think... That concludes our three teams. Did you want to add anything else? No, Nick. I, I think I think we're good with the three teams we just analyzed. Do you have anything else to say? No, I think Ingram's averaging, what, 24 this year? <laughs> okay, and what's your point? And uh, you've been saying to me the whole summer that he's not worth the extension when he did sign it. I'm just saying he's looking good this year. All I'm going to say. Okay, what's take... the record? Uh, respectable. What's the record? Okay, when when he's able to lead them to the playoffs and actually get into some real games, then come talk to me. But right what now, you... if you're just going to give me the 24 points, man, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it to me. It's not worth it to you? What's worth no. it to you? If you lead the team, man, take, lead the team into the playoffs and then make them make some noise. But at a four and five, and then there was that one game where their lead dis- disappeared and they ended up going to overtime and losing, and they had a huge lead. I think it was against the Pacers. And what was that all about? Where, where's, where's the best player in the, on the team? Where wasn't he showing up for the clutch? My friend, have you watched their games? You know he gets stifled on offense all, a lot of the time, right? You know, hey, he gets just, zero then just on. saying, if you're going to get that huge contract, be ready to perform. I don't care if you're getting five guys on you. You better be able to perform because there are other players with 
you know, in the same situation, <clears throat> Tatum, where there's not enough depth on that team, yet he's still able to get it off. So, okay, Mister, I dribble through my legs in and out, step back, bank a three. I mean, that's all his moves. Yeah, and look, it's working for him. He's doing pretty well. He's leading that team. Like I said, man, we'll we'll talk when the playoffs come in. If he's actually in it, if he's not in, if they're not in the playoffs this year, Nick, I'm just gonna be su- super disappointed in how you think he's worth the max. He's easily worth the max. If you think Siakam's worth the max, then he's easily worth more than that. I Spice. never even, I never even said that he was worth the max. Okay. <laughs> Never even said he was. <laughs> yeah, that, true. I, he, I I questioned that move when they did that, but I I'm not even gonna get into that either because we're just gonna be here another two hours babbling, going back and forth. But I, yeah, you're wrong on that one because I never said he was worth the max. Uh, so my, fair point. Sorry about that. But spiceless P and the Raptors, you know, I personally do not like them ever since their playoff run in 2018. <laughs> Yeah, there, those, I said it. I said it. Canadian disliking Raptors. Those Raptors fans rubbed you that wrong, eh? No, it takes you six games to beat a shorthanded Warriors. Cur- you have to box in one Curry. Clay goes down. Durant goes down, and you barely win Game Six against them. Like, come on, <laughs> Nick. You can't take a championship away. Championship is a championship, okay? If we're going to do that, then we're going to do that to every single team. We could do yeah. that to every single team that's ever won. We can go We can go up to, uh, I don't know, the Heat when Ray Allen hit the game win, or hit that clutch three. Like, if he didn't hit it, then they wouldn't have won. Like, we could literally go on little things for every single championship. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying. What if Daniel House was playing last year against <laughs> Like, what if he did not go off with that attendance and do things that he was not supposed to? Like, would they have been able to beat the 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 Lakers with that three point shooting? Um, what else? I, I mean, we could just keep going on and on and on. What if in 2008, uh, Bynum and Ariza were playing? Would the Celtics have easily gotten? Uh, through the Lakers in six games. Oh, hey, hold on, hold on. You brought up bad. You brought up a bad memory. Oh eight. If those Lakers didn't, or sorry, if those referees didn't screw us over in Game Six, we would have won. Was it Game Six? Game, one of those games we were like, that we was... got take. We got taken out the game by the whistle. And I know, I know, it's rich coming from Lakers fans, but I'm just saying, we could say the same thing about the last year's Lakers, right? What if Goran Dragic wasn't injured? There it's, you go. What if Damaso was not injured? What I, I, if, what if Curry was still? Pl- what if uh, Thompson and Durant didn't get injured? Uh, what if Kyrie and Kevin Love were not injured? Would the Cleveland Cavaliers have beaten that Warriors team that first time? I mean, we can keep going on and on and on like this. A uh, bunch of what ifs, but truth is, we'll never know. Even if those, we'll never know if those what-ifs would have actually changed the outcome of a finals. But uh, you, can't, you can't be doing that, Nick. you got to give them their credit. <laughs> they, won it. they won it fair and square. There's, if players go down, it's not their fault, man. It's not their fault. The only thing they can control is how they play. I know, I know. I am just, just dislike the bandwagoning that happened that year. Oh man, bandwagoning happens in every single sport, man. It's just something you got to live with. 
Yep. It's something we got to live with, right? I mean, what can I say? I mean, let's not go further down that memory. I think <laughs> we'll this concludes for hours. <laughs> yeah. This concludes this episode. I thank you so much, Josh, for co hosting with me. It's always been a pleasure. It always will be a pleasure hosting these with you. Moving forward, I hope we can do them in person. I hope I can hear your laughter when I make some off color remarks with regards <laughs> to your jump shot, with regards to your defense. I mean, I miss ball a lot. It's been a year. We're still in lockdown, lock quote unquote. <laughs> I mean, uh, vaccines here, but let's see what happens in the future. I know we'll be continuing these probably weekly or bi-weekly. Knowing our schedules is a little harder since you work at the warehouse and I just work from home. But we'll figure something out. Do you have anything to say, Josh? No, man, I'm good. Uh, let's just let's just hope they, they keep the COVID cases and the NBA down to a minimum, man, because it's a real bummer seeing what's going on with these teams. I mean, you got to adapt. That's it. Anyways, I'm out. I'll see you around, Josh. Have a good one. All right, bro. See ya.